This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back for another action-packed Six Rings podcast. I'm Andy Hart alongside Nick Fitzy Stevens and Shime Time, the most popular man on the podcast. Chris Shime, following the Patriots' 20-7 to loss on week one in Miami to the Dolphins. We're going to get right into it because last we talked to our podcast listeners and friends, we were thinking about pondering, concerned about Mac Jones's health more necessarily than the just the loss to the Dolphins. Uh, update on that. The x-rays, as we knew on Sunday night, were negative. Apparently, reportedly dealt with some back spasms, something that flared up during the game. And basically, he said his back hurt and he wanted to get it checked out and make sure it wasn't anything significant. He spoke with the media on Monday. He said he's been hit harder. He'll be hit harder again in the future. And all indications and signs point to him to preparing to practice on Wednesday to play against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh in week two on Sunday. So guys, how concerned are we with Mac Jones' health? And I will say I'm mildly concerned still, even though he appears to have gotten past any significant injury, back injury, back spasms for a weak-armed quarterback concern me. I'll tell you, I'm very concerned about Mac Jones's health, and it's not just because the line play was shoddy or at least inconsistent on Sunday, whether or not they planned to have Ferentz come in for Cole Strange and could just come in for Isaiah Wynn. That wasn't great line play on Sunday. There's a lot they need to clean up in aisle other Patricia. Uh, I saw that video that Greg Bedard tweeted out from the tunnels of Hard Rock Stadium Sunday. Mac was walking with a pronounced limp. He had a very heavy left foot, which means that something, I, spasm, sure. We were all going through spasms at various points in that game on Sunday, especially after the Aguilar fumble in the fourth pretty much sealed the deal for the Finns. He didn't look great, and that's got to hurt. Sure, he's been hit harder before, high school, college, by Randy Gregory last season in the Cowboys game. But that's not the way, you know, you want to start the season by having to get x-rays on your back. We're not talking about something else that can be held up with a splint or a brace or that you can quickly put a pin in like Dak Prescott's thumb. Actually, he didn't even need a pin, turns out, for his surgery. He might be back in four weeks. That's not good. That's really not good. And while we probably will be spared the horror show of Hoyer v. Trubisky in week two at the same time, every time you see somebody mentioned in your timeline like the Bailey Zappi era is only a matter of time, Mac gets popped like that again, may become a reality, boys. Yeah, you should be very worried just because specifically because this offense is still trying to figure anything out. And for it to be able to do that, it's going to need Mac Jones 
under center. Uh, and if Mac Jones continues to get pummeled week in and week out, that back might snap. Ask Tony Romo how that goes. Yeah, ask Matthew Stafford how that goes. And Shime, this seems like a perfect time for a statistical, as I like to call them, Ooh. a stat with balls. Shoot. We always love a good stat with balls here on the pod. Did you gentlemen know, as tweeted out by Chad Graff, uh, covers the Patriots for the Athletic, Mac Jones had the second quickest time to throw in the NFL in week one. Three seconds or more to throw on only 3% of his dropbacks, by far the lowest in the NFL week one. And would Is you this like time to, to hear- insert not great, Bob? Not great? Would you, would you like to hear a bullshit, I'm working blue already, uh, counter stat uh, from ESPN? Well, hell sure. yeah, I would, bro. ESPN released a graph of their pass win rate mm-hmm. um, and like their blocking percentage. And the mm-hmm. Patriots had a top seven offensive line in week one. Oh, my goodness. All right, hold on. Can we can we figure out which way we're going here with this? Like what what like? No, I'm I I agree. I think the offensive line stinks, I, and I think people just don't understand. But there are certain people out there spewing specific propaganda that would say that the Patriots' offensive line was actually quote unquote good. Well, they were wasn't. good for the run sometimes, Andy, but not for the oh, pass. They, block. they were. They had their pass moments. Broken. I mean, yep. it's an NFL game. You play effing sixty plays. You're going to win some of them. Other than that, otherwise, you wouldn't be in the league anymore. Um, to say the offensive line was good is borderline ridiculous. Um, and I want to fixate on one person, most important person on that line, Trent Brown, your left tackle, Bingo. I thought was bad. And mm-hmm. I thought he looked disinterested. I thought effort looked like an issue at times. And he I know like Sean, he doesn't want to be there. And, and but that's why? his career. Does, doesn't that's he have 11 career. million reasons to be out there right now? Well, no, you don't have to. I mean, he's getting paid. Check is in the mail. Check is in the bank. Direct deposit's going to cash. You don't have to show effort to collect your paycheck. But my issue is, I think that's been Trent Brown every place he's ever been, except when he played for Dante Scarnecchia. Bingo. Curtis mentioned that this morning when we had him on the show. Right. And Scar backs him. But I think Scar is blinded by his personal experiences with Trent Brown. Like this, this idea that I'm only going to hold him to the standard I've seen from him. I'm not going to go into where he was elsewhere, sort of like LeGarrette Blunt when he sucked everywhere else, but he always worked here for the Patriots. Like he can walk off the field in Pittsburgh pissed off and a week later welcomed into Foxborough because it works here. Doesn't mean he's not a dink in Pittsburgh. And I would say early signs for Trent Brown are that we're getting the Trent Brown this year that the 49ers and the Raiders have gotten in the past. And that's a bad sign. Yeah, but see, I heard him on pardon my take in the off season. He had a nice long segment with those guys and he talked at length about how much he loves Belichick, what he admires about Belichick talked about how he loves that. He does game film breakdowns on the treadmill, called him cool as shit. Like, yeah, but it's more than just, Scar- his- it's, it's more than just Skarnecchia while Skarnecchia is the Trent Brown whisperer. If you will, I can't imagine that it's like only when he comes there, can he like, quiet the beast or get the most out of him at the same time. But then did you hear Trent Brown yesterday? It's just like all these one word, one sentence answers. It's exactly the script Belichick gave him to just shut up and not say anything. And I think talk is is. cheap. I'm sorry, but I've seen enough training camp. I've seen enough preseason and I saw week one right now. He is not a net positive player for this team. And that's alarming because the, the issues and questions about Trent Brown for the Patriots are supposed to be, can he stay healthy? The calf injury. Can he stay on the field? And now I have to worry about, is he dialed in? Does he care? Is he effort, engagement, energy? Like these are huge, these are huge question marks, Andy. And I know we're going to talk about this when we get to 
uh, the born identity or the lack thereof that the team had on offense in week one in the next segment. But it makes me almost want to revisit that very controversial moment in this podcast when you were out doing FM radio that week, Andy, that Shime and I caught a lot of heat for when we were just asking or at least making a general observation about this particular team being the one that has enough people or players rather that turn to Bill and say, hey, Bill, isn't it maybe time to stop doing all these Bill Belichick things like is Trent Brown being suppressed? Is Kendrick Bourne sick of this shit? You know, like Isaiah Wynn is clearly sick of this shit. There's a, like this is there's a lot of people on the it's team a growing like, list, potentially good football players that are like uh, enough. And it, it, like they're they're feeling suppressed and suffocated by like the heavy oppression of like quiet. Say what we want. Do your job. Hush. Play. How, how exactly is is Trent Brown not trying Bill's fault? I hate to be the Belichick apologist. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's Bill. I'm not saying it's Bill's fault, but it seems like there's a growing number of players that are becoming fatigued with disengaged, this, yeah, disinterested, the, the, any of the like. Well, I think that is what does to, that speak to? To to our continued discussion and re, about the game and sort of recapping the post game and where we've mm -hmm. been in the next couple of days. The apologetic excuse making two plays, Bill Belichick that is here I really do think is a is a proactive attempt at him to continue to fluff up a team that isn't very good that he realized along the way isn't very good and I you know I talked about it with Mutt on our uh, terrestrial radio station Mike Manansky Mutt at Night that the Parcellian way of which Bill is a disciple is you know when you're doing really well and confidence might be burgeoning and like you're ahead of yourself you might need to be taken down a peg and when you are playing like crap and are questioning yourself you might need to be patted on the bum bum and lifted up a little bit and I think I think Bill's been trying to pat this collective team on the bum bum uh for a couple weeks now and and convince them that the process and they are better than they are feeling yeah but you can only put so much lipstick on a pig it's still a freaking pig like it's Wait, so just... you want him to stop trying just pack no. it in. It's week one. Stop. No, trying. I wish he had done a better job in the off season. But that, I, like, that ship has sailed. That, I, yeah, we're, we're here and we're now. It's September 13th. Rolling. It is. It is. Two, it is two days after the Dolphins game. We're on to Pittsburgh shine. We can't I understand. But his his method now of trying to pat his team isn't working. So maybe you have to pull a Bruce Cassidy and call some guys out like you have to. You have to change something because what you are doing is not working. OK, well, so who's the Jake okay, DeBrusque of the Patriots breaks? It's 0-1. You're one week into the season. And you've and looked like crap for two months. Correct. But you've only looked like crap when it mattered once. And I would also argue, as much as I hate him saying it, there is some truth to what he said. Thank Excuses you. Excuses are explanations given by losers. I'll beat the drum till the day I die. But the reality is, if you don't have three of your best defensive players and tacklers screw the pooch on a touchdown before the half and you don't have the strip sack it could be a different ball game and if you have the officials get the call right in the first place now we can all make the point that they should i understand i see everyone can hear your eye roll let alone me seeing it on our stream yard shine right now i don't agree and andy and i said as much when we were watching the game before we did the six rings post game show last sunday good job by us that I wouldn't have taken that shot as well to Devontae Parker, a guy, granted he's got size, but it seemed an aggressive shot 
for a guy who doesn't get a lot of separation against one of the best ball hawks, if not maybe the best ball hawk in the NFL who led the NFL in interceptions the last four years in Xavier Howard. Fact is, we can play the sliding doors game all we want with that one because it was P.I. It didn't get called. If they get the ball in the one, they score. It's a different ball game. So there's two them. or three like, pivotal like, swings. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Every football game has two or three pivotal swings. Right, that I know. Evan McPherson game. doesn't get the Literally, ball, places in. Keith if he said makes, it today yeah, on Gresham Keith. Like, that's how every football game is. So right. if you're going to come in with that excuse every time you lose, then, like, what what what's the point? Like, no, just one time. One time so far, Shime. Who said he's going to do it every time? It's I'm, I'm just, it's week. been one time it we've lost. You've played one game. You've lost one game. That's your excuse. So if it okay. happens again, what's your excuse next time? I don't like, know. Can we let him actually do it? Like, are you assuming he's going to say the same thing? I, I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's like, I am, I am fully no, But what do you want him to do? Because yes, the personnel on this something. team is limited. He, no, actually this is a change. So you don't like the change because the old school Bill Belichick didn't do this. This is post Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. This is what did Cam Newton through for Bill 300 yards. What's that? What did old school Bill Belichick do then with a crappy beat, team? Beat the crap out of his team. No, he never had a cra- old school Bill Belichick never had a crappy team. That's the difference. Yeah. Well, he did. No, he did in Cleveland did he have a crappy and then got canned. Oh, that, like, that's I'm so just, far. It's, okay. I didn't know you, we were but, living in the 90s. <laughs> Good to know, though. Oh, good thing we're living in the 2000s with old school Bill Belichick. Hey, Andy, give me a second. Let me go get the single soundtrack to accompany (laughs) this rant. Like, this, this, what is going on right now is not working. Like, we've seen them beat, their attitude seems like crap. You you believe they're toast. Yeah, this team is not going to be competitive all year. They're done. Uh, They were competitive on Sunday. They were competitive on Sunday. No, not barely. Shime. Yes. It wasn't okay. Listen, it was seventeen nothing at the half. On it was two I, drives. You were good uh-huh. all game, and you want to know why you were good on those drives? Scripted. Belich- yes, because Belichick was able to sit there and help them script the opening drive to both the game and the first half. Well, how do you know half. he doesn't take over the offense? Well, if he takes over the offense, fine. Maybe they might be a little bit better, but they're still not going to be that competitive. This team is not good enough. I'm going to okay. wait a few weeks until I cast final judgment. Yeah. I, having I'm as reactionary together, as anybody. And yeah. to just sort of end the season on week one is a little, uh, a little much. Yeah, and I, I just put together a piece. Forked, screwed. I know. Man. And you know what? Every listener to this podcast knows as well. And I can't wait for my mentions to be flooded with all of the <laughs> love letters and rose bouquets to you later on, Shime. I just put together a piece for .com where I feel like there has been such an air of negativity the past several months, perhaps some, if not a lot of it, warranted, and the gloom and doom that has lingered like a fart cloud over New England on the whole, let alone our radio station the past couple of days, trying to accentuate some of the positives, or at least look like Look for some of the good, some of the little gold threads, some of the silver linings. There were some good things to take away from the game on Sunday. There was a lot of hustle. There was a lot of great effort. They don't look like a complete dumpster fire. If they can clean up a few of those, if, clean up a few of the messes and mistakes, like Andy said with the 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 bed shitting at the end of the first half on the Waddle touchdown, uh, Trent Brown missing the corner blitzer. It ultimately really was probably his assignment. Just a few small, simple little things. Against a team that's far from perfect in Pittsburgh on Sunday, I said it in post game show. I'll say it again. I think they win on Sunday, and I'm not just saying that out of blind optimism better. or Foxborough faith. Yeah, they better because otherwise, yeah, you also, you also by be- week five, Bill Belichick's going to get to know an 0 and 4 team, and it's going to be bad news. It's also fortunate that you get a team like Pittsburgh this week and not Buffalo, because if you got Buffalo this week, they would come in 
whoop your ass up and down the field and put you deeper into a hole of depression. Right, but you don't. So no, I know. I'm just, I know. I, I am. I am saying and that it's. Is anybody saying they can compete with Buffalo or that they're a Super Bowl contender? That's like, not. That's not. Right, what and if I'm my wife came home and I'm saw me watching porn, she'd probably be Pittsburgh. really upset. But luckily, I'm not, and also right. she's not coming home. So I literally just said you get lucky that you get Pittsburgh. Right, but that's okay. the game you have scheduled to potentially get you to one and one, and yet you're declaring the season over. Yeah, this team is toast. This okay. team stinks. Wow. All right, you can Save. win. You can win on this this Sunday in some ugly ass fashion, and this this team is still dead in the water. All right, Shime, tell the producer to save that clip. Was it Done. fifteen I, minutes and twenty seconds? I, you, this is here's the thing. I, I've been I've been trying to say I've been saying stuff all off season, and I haven't been wrong yet. Like I haven't been proven wrong yet. They About what? they 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 stunk against Miami and they lost. And right. I, I, we're, I picked them to lose too. Like I don't really no, understand I, I, your victory lap. No, I understand, but they've been crappy all preseason. They've yeah, looked like crap. Like, that's and they looked like crap in training camp, Andy. You, it's no, I was there every day. You don't have to tell me. I was the one actually reporting on it. I could see it. I was the one comparing it to twenty years and saying it's the worst I've ever seen. No, but I understand that. But is. They lost one game where their offense looked better for two drives than it had looked all summer at any point in time. Mm-hmm. For that is drives, reality. Out of what? Seven, eight, nine? Okay, so a quarter of the time, it looked better than it had on the practice field or the preseason game field. It, do I say that that means that the offense has figured it out and they're going in the Nope. I'm just saying there was some positive there that I had not seen with my eyes in preseason or practice action. Something that could be built upon. Don't know if you'll build upon it or not. No, I'm not into predicting the future down the road. I'm just saying this, this close the door on the season victory lap. You told us they stink. Most people thought they had terrible personnel that they mm-hmm. don't measure up to the rest of the NFL. And yet they all I kept many. hearing is, oh, the Patriots will be fine. The Patriots will be fine. I don't know who you you heard that from. Literally everyone on the planet. Not not this not this on the podcast. We talked about mediocrity where upside I can't I can't point properly, but the guy right below well, you is said ignore it. him. Ignore what, hold on. What well, hold on. <laughs> what exactly have I said? Like, what have talk I said? To people that actually have some knowledge about the team. Hold on, Andy, now that's a oh, dick, yeah. that's a that's a dickish. That's a Greg no, 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 hold on. Hold on. Like, no, no, no if you're saying that about me, that's an insult. Don't do no, it. No, I didn't really mean to lump you. Yeah, in, okay. Apologies. Thank you. I, I, well, I, I, I also I, know who Fitzy is. He's going to err on the side of positivity. He's going to give them two more wins than most people. I understand. I'm just saying every Tom, Dick, and Larry has said it too. And it's just like, it's not the case. Like, okay, I, people, I, that's I, think, I would push back. I think a lot of people said, yeah, eight and a half is about right. This is either an eight or a nine win team. Uh, see, I very much disagree. Well, that's where most of the predictions were. Like, I so didn't on, see a lot of the on Sunday, as the game progressed, my, as the game progressed in trying to take the temperature of Pats fans, which is kind of the position I find myself in now because my my fandom is mildly bridled by the podcasting and the post game showing. So I'm not there. I'm not showing out in the stands, drinking as much liquid celebration or commiseration as I might need for some of these games. I've been trying to see exactly where the fans are. And before we get to viewer mail of which we have a ton later on, I'll give you a perfect, for example, as to where everybody is yesterday. I did a little Twitter poll for a couple hours, checking in on Pat's nation. How are we feeling after the week one loss in Miami? If not one of these four, please reply. Otherwise Uh, we're on to Pittsburgh was 30%. 23% was not great, not terrible. So that means over 50% was optimistic to optimistic adjacent. The other half was 28% like Max back. I'm hurting 
and 19% was when do the Celtics tip off. So, you know, there's 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 not the in bill we trust momentum of like, it's only it's Miami, it's only week one. We always shit the bed down there. But at the same time, people aren't writing off the season on the whole. Now, did a lot of people say, as you and I discussed Sunday, Andy, like, oh boy, it's going to be a long season. Yeah, there's definitely that feeling. And perhaps you guys have heard it at the radio station and with anyone you've seen at the youth sports, the Packy or wherever else. It's just not time to bail yet. I'm not I'm not reaching around the other side of the Nintendo, putting the paperclip in and hitting reset just yet. Yeah, I just think right now, I mean, I guess some of it's based on expectations. I didn't see a lot of people that thought this was a team that was going to contend for a Super Bowl or even a high seed or the division. I think even upside people were like, yeah, maybe they can sneak into the seven spot as a wild card team. You know, if if you thought they were going to be mediocre, I still think they have a chance to be mediocre. Yeah, I I mean, you know, I mean, it's I'm I'm not going to just keep beating a dead horse. I just I am far more negative than either of you combined uh, in any way, shape or form. This team is bad top to bottom, I, I think. And I just I don't I don't I think it's more realistic now. We did our uh worst case scenario best case scenario i think now we're i'm i'm trending more towards the middle to worst case scenario all right well we will see obviously next week on our pittsburgh and review podcast but obviously andy we've got lots more pod today and we have our pittsburgh preview coming up later in the week i think that about wraps things up for the first segment as far as reviewing the miami game too many mistakes the patriots aren't good enough to overcome some of those mistakes like the more talented teams. And I think the operative phrase right now until proven otherwise, Andy, is the one that you bandied about several times Sunday, consistently inconsistent. Let's clean it up.